Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, y'all. Football season is finally here. And you know the best place, the number one place for all your sports betting needs this season? It's Bet Online. Hey, y'all, use promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to get your 50% plus welcome bonus on your first deposit. Hey, y'all, man, NFL football, college football, and more football. I cannot wait. It's the best time of the year, and BetOnline is your place to be. Go to BetOnline right now, use the promo code BELIEVE, and start dropping your bets. Now back to the porch. What's going on, y'all? It's your main man, Darnell Smith, a.k.a. Big Smitty, and this is The Porch. Welcome. So excited for today's episode, y'all. We got a big-time guest. I'm talking talking about a true legend. She's a Grammy-winning artist, a singer, a songwriter, an entrepreneur, a philanthropist. She throws down in the kitchen. She can hustle. It's probably a a long list of things I'm missing right now, but it's the one and only Maya. Welcome (laughs) to The Porch. Thank you. How you doing? I appreciate it. I'm great. And yourself? I'm so, I'm so blessed and scary, Maya. I'm feeling good. <laughs> it's an honor to have you here. You know, uh, it's been a long time coming. And, you know, before we really dive into the, the you know, the full scope of the, of the actual interview and, and kind of go into your journey and everything like that, mm-hmm. I had a chance to watch you perform live for the first time in Long Beach uh, not too long ago. And it was so amazing to seeing the preparation, seeing the the focus and the detail that, that goes into an actual performance. Uh, talk about just you know, your experience performing at the Pride Festival in Long Beach. Yeah, well, there is a lot of preparation and uh, getting all the wardrobe together, the tech aspects at soundcheck, the stage blocking, the markers, where everyone's supposed to be. And then there are other aspects like props and making sure those are in place, microphones are on. <laughs> <Can't forget laughs> and mine was not I did see one that, of them. Yeah. yeah, so there's so many components, but you know, it's, it's all love and it's all about the people at the end of the day. So you hope it moves and functions like clockwork. And we, we had a great time. Yes, we you did. Know? We yes, had we a did. good time and I think they were very pleased. One question that we always love to ask, yeah. you know, to start off our podcast is something real mm-hmm. simple. Who is Maya? <laughs> you like you laugh Ooh, right there. You laugh. I don't even have time to explain all that. That's a book. That's <laughs> that's several books. But um, you know, I'm just a simple girl from Maryland, DC. DMV is my home. That stands for DC, Maryland, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I love natural things. I love this space, you know? I, I think you did. I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I was trying to figure out a studio space for your mind. I'm like, yeah, outside, I, got the garden. Simple. Got the, yeah. I'm just a simple girl. I do love music, you know, and the way music makes me feel. I like learning a lot of things, love animals, and experiencing life. And I'm always down for adventure and um, always a student. 
that's who Maya is. Mm. Yeah. I love that answer. And you mentioned, you know, <laughs> being from the DMV, mm -hmm. uh, it's your hometown, born and raised. Talk about just what was life like for you growing up in the DMV? Life in the DMV. Well, I had a little bit of city and a little bit of suburbs. Mm. So I grew up in Washington, D.C. initially, and then eventually Maryland. And, um, you know, you get the best of both worlds because I grew up not too far from the city. So we have all of the beautiful national monuments there, museums galore, Smithsonian Institution, and go-go, you yeah, know? Yes. <laughs> and I, I had a big music influence in my childhood through my dad, but also all of the jazz musicians that would you know, come over or even through dance. And it's a very, very rich place of the arts in general. So that's what I remember about my childhood. And then of course the dirt bikes in Maryland, you know, yeah. you, you got a little bit of country <laughs> yeah. going on it's in Maryland. It's all about balance though, yeah. you get a little bit of I grew both. up with brothers, so we would be on the dirt bikes all the time in the field and play sports and whatnot, so a You bit play sports, boy? You can hoop? Well, I mean, you got the jersey on right now. I didn't want to I'm ask decent. you. I'm decent. I can't say I can play the, the game of basketball because okay. I'll be traveling, but I can shoot. Hey, mm -hmm. the game now today is all about <laughs> shooters, so you might build a, you might have a role for you on the team. So I can shoot. <laughs> I love that. I love that, Mike. So you mentioned, you know, obviously, you know, DMV, an area, uh, city of arts, right? Just that mm -hmm. whole entire this area. And uh, you brought up your parents as well. And, you know, they I know they played a vital role especially early in your career. Your dad is a longtime singer, songwriter as well. Um, just talk about just their influence on mm -hmm. you as a person, but also in your, in your career as well. Yeah, I uh, watched my dad, musicians, all the time in my basement and living room. He would rehearse mm -hmm. and he would prepare for his own shows. So I was surrounded by music as a, a child. And my mother also taught me piano along with her dad, who like arranged a lot of orchestral music for every instrument in an orchestra. And uh, he also taught me piano lessons early on. And then I eventually, you know, got into orchestra myself, playing the violin, gospel choir, and lots of different styles of dance, gymnastics, majorettes. My mother had us marching in the parades. <laughs> my, my brother would be, you know, a drum major and play the drums or carry the banners and mm. we were very very well versed just busy kids yeah, and they wanted like to expose us to different things and figure out what we liked from there i took up tap dancing in my early years um, i had the basics but when i saw the movie tap that changed my perspective and i said i want to do that style of tap and which they were not teaching in a tap school so mm. i eventually uh, went to new york to study with some of the tap masters mostly men, because that was very male-dominated. And uh, Sandman Sims, you know, Buster Brown, Bunny Briggs, eventually danced with the Nicholas Brothers, Savion Glover, Gregory Hines. Legends. And it was just music to me. It was like percussion. And I wanted to play the drums when I was a kid. But, you know, my dad worked really, really long hours and was always hustling. So we decided not to do that so he could get some rest. Right, right, right. And I chose the violin. I um, had a very interesting childhood, but we had a lot of fun, you know, and yeah. a lot of discipline too. I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, like I mean, there's so many areas that you that you dived into. I think that's the that's the beautiful thing, and that's what helped make made Maya Maya. You know, you learn so many different various skill sets at a young age. Mm -hmm. I gotta ask you this. So, what led you specifically to 
to become a recording artist. Like you said, I mean, you were a master at tap, you yeah. know, you're playing the violin, you're doing all these different various things, but you kind of chose specifically to become a recording artist. Why, why was that? Well, I didn't specifically choose to be a recording artist first. It's just whatever would happen first. Gotcha. I was in the arts. I was doing everything. I was singing. I was dancing. I was playing. I was writing. I was experimenting, really. And it just so happened that that, that was the first career opportunity. My mind was set on doing everything at once <laughs> <laughs> on Broadway. Mm. So, you know, in New York City, hop, skip, and a jump from D.C. That's right. a train ride and a four-hour drive, but I would be back and forth all the time watching the plays. I would go up there with my mother and go to Broadway plays or take the classes and the master workshops. And that's something that I had my heart and mind set on after college. And I was studying speech communications at Maryland University College Park while I was recording demos for the first album. Really? Yeah. So... I didn't what, was, know. what was that like? You mean being in school and then? <laughs> it was uh, a little difficult as far as the time because I also had a job as a dance teacher and I had to eventually make a decision which one I was going to give all of my attention to, but the opportunity doesn't always come and knock at your door. And when yeah. it did, I said, well, I don't think I'm going to have any guilt if I leave college that's always going to be there right. uh, alone for a minute and pursue this opportunity of a lifetime. And that's what I did. It's been a great ride, you know, and I'm still going and very excited yes, for what's to come. Yes. I love it. I mm -hmm. love it, man. And this is a question, just listen to, you know, some of your, just your experience and your journey. Um, it, it feels like you're always looking for like, like, like that next thing that, 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 to do, the next journey to take, the next, I mean, you're such a talented <laughs> individual. There's a lot you, you're capable of doing. Mm. Do you feel like you'll ever be... Like, like fully satisfied, I, I guess would be, be my, my question for you. Meaning that, like, is there ever a point where you can just look back and be like, you know what, I'm, I, like, I'm good, I'm happy with, with, with what I've done, or do you feel like you're always going to kind of want that next thing? I think I'm grateful, mm. but I, I always unlock a new level mm. when I push myself because I was raised to push myself. And then I also like discovering what that next level is, and it's always magical. And so I think that's very difficult for an artist to be satisfied or complacent, but there's always a next phase in life for right. everybody. And um, learning is, is, it opens up doors and it opens up opportunity, but also relationships and meeting new people or going to new places. And it just enriches your life if you're not afraid of, of course, starting at ground zero. Right, the Starting grind. at, yeah, at a green space, at an, educated space and remaining that student mm. sometimes you have to like destroy your ego and say okay i don't know anything about this right now but i'm willing to learn and from there that's the magical space and then the of course putting in the work you know um a few moments ago you mentioned about opportunity knocking at your door so word on the street is and you can correct, correct me if i'm wrong when you signed your first deal which was with interscope correct Mm -hmm. If I'm mistaken, you were 16 years old, and from what I'm, from what I'm told was you did a, a performance <laughs> in the living room at 16. <laughs> Number one, is that true? And if so, can you please share that story with, with us, with the yeah, porch? Almost true. <laughs> <laughs> Partially true. Well, okay. I was 16 in high school when the independent label in right. Washington, D.C. called University Music Entertainment, mm -hmm. UME, uh, auditioned me in my living room. And the backstory on that is my dad, he was always in the circuit. He was always performing somewhere. Right. 
and uh, he had all the connects from artists to musicians to execs, etc. And uh, there was this guy, one particular guy named Hawk Islam, who was the president of that independent label based in Washington, D.C. Mm. And my dad and he were in touch, and he's like, hey, you know, I think my dad actually had some music of his own that he might have been meeting about. Gotcha. And then um, he mentioned, well, Hawk Islam mentioned the roster that he currently had, which was a girl gospel group, Pure Soul, Stairway to Heaven, and Drew Hill at the time, mm. um, all male, and that he was looking for a female artist. So my dad just casually brought up, hey, well, I have a daughter, she sings, and she performs, here's her resume, he would keep it with him. And <laughs> I had a demo tape at the time that I cut when I was 15 in the studio. My parents invested like $1,500 to get a real professional demo uh, done at that time because I was recording in the basement of one of my dad's musician right, friends. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get it done. You know? yeah, yeah. And um, it wasn't the highest quality, but it, it was great practice. Right. So that demo was presented. He was like, all right, okay, this sounds good. I want to hear her sing live, though. Mm. And so he came to my living room and after school one day and asked me to sing some acapella. And Interscope responded, surprisingly, because Interscope didn't even have an R&B department. I was the what? first. I was the test dummy. <laughs> what? I had no idea. And we didn't know what we were doing, you know? So they didn't actually know if this would work or not. Because they, the, yeah, they didn't have no R&B. was yeah, yeah. like, what is this? <laughs> so y'all say y'all want to do this? Okay, we'll put a little bit up. I was not signed for my whole album, my first whole album because I was a test experiment. Dang. Mm -hmm. I signed after. Gambled on yourself, basically. Well, yeah, it was an investment to see if it would work, to right. see if they could actually establish an R&B department, and it just so happened to work. That's amazing. Now that's a, that, listen, that's a, I know you're a very humble person, but that's a little bit of a flex right there. Like I love that, like a proper. I mean, no, flex. Interscope is a beast. I mean, yeah. that funding is essential. <laughs> they got the funds. Yeah. And then Jimmy Iovine really put the love into making sure that I'm on every soundtrack and mm -hmm. the features, and that can establish an artist in a very, very noisy, saturated business. So the collaborations definitely had a hand on in my early career, and with the heavy hitters at that, you know. Fuji's like Wyclef and Praz and Out the Box and Drew Hill and all that stuff. But um, it was definitely a beast of a machine. I love it, man. It all started in, in the living room. I mean, it started before yeah. that, but I'm saying that, like, that moment, though, leaving after school, coming there performing, and that, the trigger down effect. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> it's crazy how yeah. things work out. Mm -hmm. So I got to ask, you know, we're talking about your debut album, Maya, mm -hmm. which I know all year, you know, you've been <laughs> kind of celebrating. You dropped a deluxe version of, of the album not too long ago. And uh, I'm looking back, 1998, you're 18 years old. You dropped this album. It's amazing. Huge success. Just talk about how are you able to deal with that level of success and just the lifestyle of a recording artist at such a young age? Because when I was 18, my, I mean, I was a different maturity level and I, mean, I was trying to figure things out. But you were you were a career person already at, at 18 years old. Well, I had a lot of discipline, I think, through the arts mm. and it, when it was time to show up and perform or do your job. Right. <laughs> It was, it was your time and you better not play around. I mean, some of my teachers had rulers and you were allowed to hit yeah. because that's how they discipline in the arts, especially ballet. There's no games to be played. There are no shortcuts to take. So um, 
I just come from that background, but I love to do what I do as well. It's yeah. fun, and I couldn't imagine not doing it. Right. So I think maybe processing whatever people consider fame, um, I didn't really focus on that because I'm just a child of the arts, and as long as I'm doing it, I'm happy. Right. All of the other stuff, uh, <laughs> the famous part, yeah. I don't know. You don't really like that, do you? Like the famous part? Not or? that I don't like it. It comes with its perks now. But <laughs> I'm like, come on now. <laughs> but it wasn't the goal. Right. The goal was to be able to make these amazing outfits, acting, singing, dancing, composition, express yourself, and play with colors, palettes, and it's a production. Right. You know, and that goes back to theater and my love for theater and, and the exchange with the audience. So. Performing art schools know what I'm talking about yeah, because yeah. it's like that in the hallways all the time. The imagination and the becoming and remaining that child of wonder. That's all it was about for me and it's still about that. And I can see it like in your facial expression <laughs> right now. Like you can tell somebody yeah. truly loves yeah. what they're talking about and That's what they really do. Good. And going back again, you know, it's 25 <laughs> years, you know, doing this, uh, you know, since you dropped your first album. Mm -hmm. And like, just talk about just the fact that you know, at this point in your career, you're still having fun with it. You're still being oh, creative. Yeah. You're still going out here. <laughs> You've been all around the country. I've been seeing you doing shows, like mm. you know, dropping new music, which we'll get to here shortly. But you've just been active. Yeah, you know, it's addictive. I I really love what I do, and I love music. I love the hustle. I love traveling, and mm. I also love taking people along for the ride. Mm. And um, it's a sense of family with me. And uh, we always feel that it's all about people out there. So as long as we can create that experience as much as we can and then build upon that, because sometimes it's what you, what you got to work with, yeah. you know, bare minimal to sometimes extraordinary. But we're still working and we're still building and we have aspirations and dreams that we still haven't met and goals as well. So it's always yeah. something to look forward to. And it's never a dull moment, I can tell you that. <laughs> I, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Uh, transition yeah. a little bit here. You mm -hmm. mentioned earlier about the first album and like how some of those collaborations play like a huge role uh, yeah. early in your career. That leads me to this question here. You you've collabed with so many amazing artists so far throughout your career. If you have to pick one artist that's been like your favorite for whatever reason, who would you say oh say that goodness. was? I know artist. that's tough. Producer, artist, doesn't Either matter. One. Yep. You, you can pick both if you want to. I know that's tough because you got a list. Well, I was going through your songs, my. I'm like, oh okay. My God. I have to break it down like this. Okay. Okay. Talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> um, one artist that I actually got to work with in person. She's so cool. On the female side, mm -hmm. we actually got to go out, you know, yeah. to the dance hall and, and have breakfast, lunch, dinner, family time, shoot a video together, like mm. really be in the trenches. Right. Spice from Jamaica. Ooh, like, okay. yeah, mad, cool, vibes, good vibes. And I really enjoyed that experience. Sumpfest just took me around the whole hood. <laughs> 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 and I had cultural experiences and moments and I felt welcome at home, so Spice. And then um, on the, the male side, oh wow. Let's see. Take your time, take your time. Well, he's a producer and artist. Wyclef Jean. Mm. I had so much fun yeah. with him too. And he worked a great deal um, or a great amount on my second 
album, Fear of Flying. Yeah. We were in the studio ordering Jamaican food <laughs> every day, Caribbean food. And, you know, we just had this family environment. You know, Jerry Wonder was in the building, but he was responsible for bringing out a lot of growth in me on that second album. And yeah. I felt protected with all those guys around. They were like my brothers. Great experience, good vibes, all positivity, pushing. You know, and I felt like I was growing around mm. them. They're so talented. So I would say Wyclef on the artist and producer side. Uh, but there's so many. I it's, know. It's, it's a tough question. But I had yeah. actual experiences, mm -hmm. you know, from going out and eating food and having tours with, with these uh, It artists. was more than just making yeah. the music. It was like, like you said, it's that family type of vibe yeah. and environment. Yeah, you know? and that's why. Um, there are so many people that are incredible that I have gotten to indirectly work with, collaboration-wise, but we weren't in the same space. You know, and that's you something know? that I never knew until, Technology. like, yeah, later <laughs> on. Like, I always assumed just growing up that, like, oh, like, mine's on the song with Lil Wayne. They was together in the studio. It's like, not necessarily. No, we like, weren't even in the studio together. Wayne and I, we were met at the video set. Gotcha. And, hey, we have a song together. We never met before, but <laughs> let's just hop on set, you know? Yeah. One woman that I've always wanted to work with, and we have probably three songs together, if Ooh. not more. She's on my first album, she's on my third album, and oh. we have a Grammy together. Missy Elliott. We've actually not been in the studio, except for On Lady Marmalade, actually crafting something original. Even though we have like four, Maya, three or four songs. we gotta make that happen, Maya. Can we Missy, make that happen? Missy, I've always wanted to work with Missy, but be in the studio. Speaking of Missy Elliott, one of your biggest projects you ever worked on, uh, Lady Marmalade, legendary song. I mean, legendary, just everything, video, the song. Talk about just what it was like creating that project. I mean, I still watch the video to this day uh, just because of how, of how great and legendary it is. That's one of those timeless pieces that I feel like 100 years from now, people are still <laughs> going to be listening to that song. Yeah, well, Lady Marmalade was a big moment for all of us. Shout out to the originator, mm -hmm. Patti LaBelle. Patti LaBelle, yes. And uh, it was a moment. We all got a Grammy from that record. And girl power, you know. Yeah. Not much of that was going on back then. So to do that, come together, and have that moment together was very special. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. Tell me, it has to be like a favorite, what's like a favorite behind the scenes moment from the creation of the actual video process? I mean, you, Christina Aguilera, Pink, <laughs> Lil' Kim, Missy Elliott, you're talking about a <laughs> superstar squad right here. It had to be some fun moments just behind the scenes. Oh yeah, we had a lot of goofball moments in dance rehearsal. Mm. That's where we started, you know, obviously before the video. Right. We had the recording studio. We were all there when we were laying our background vocals first, and then we did our lead separately. But we were in rehearsal shortly after that, you know, maybe two days or so, and we learned the chorus, choreography, wardrobe fittings, and all that stuff. That was fun for us because we don't dress like that normally as artists. Right, right. <laughs> so for us to be in those characters and like pick our props and be assigned props or whatever it was at the time, it was pretty cool. You know, it was different for all of us to be dressed like that in character, in an era piece or a period piece, and uh, attached to a big, big movie soundtrack. Yes. So we loved it, and we had some really good performances and got nominated for a couple awards. And I think the icing on the cake for all of us was when Miss Patti LaBelle walked into our rehearsals for the Grammys. Oh. <laughs> yeah, talk about that. Like, that had to. Like... I mean, we grew up watching her. Mm. You know, she's a queen. She's like our godmother. 
and so much wisdom, so much, so much time has put it, been put in, and uh, for one of those icons to bless you, of course, by clearing it and allowing you to touch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they don't always do that, right? <laughs> and then um, joining you for that moment that was very special. So I hope that she felt honored yes. and appreciated as well. We love her. Of course, we yeah. all do. We all do. <laughs> Man, yeah. You know, so usually when I have like an athlete on, on our podcast, I usually ask uh -huh. them this question: What was your welcome to the league moment? Right, meaning that what was that moment mm. early in your career where you know it was like, wow, I'm really, I'm really here, right? So I'm gonna kind of ask you the same question: What was your welcome to the music industry moment? Maybe early in your career where again, maybe it was a performance with someone or someone mm. you met where you're like, oh my god, like I'm, I'm, gonna be, <laughs> I'm gonna be doing this. You know, I had that moment in 1997, right before. 1998 popped off yeah. with my first single but I was at the Lady of Soul Music Awards mm -hmm. I had my little outfit I was in LA for the first time oh, okay. and I was absorbing all the energy and the lights and all of the celebrities were there and just like I'm really here mm. I'm amongst and I haven't put out any music yet but it's coming mm. and it was an accomplishment just to be in the presence of so many artists that I, first of all, grew up listening to or watched as a little girl. Right. I met New Edition that night and I saw them perform. I think 702 performed. Drew Hill also performed. And um, that was a moment. I'm like, I can do this. You know, I've, I've made it this far and I'm, I'm ready for my turn. <laughs> 1997, the, the year before, um, I was super excited. Just the energy in L.A. was something new to me, coming from the East Coast and Maryland at that. We don't have anything out there at the time. So we didn't have anything out there at the, at the time like Lady of Soul. So that experience in itself was beautiful to be at an award show, to get dressed up, the glam, the hair, the makeup, that yeah. process and getting used to it from that point on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, now, especially mm -hmm. like, again, being a year before everything yeah. about to take off, you mm -hmm. know, it's probably, I would imagine it was like, added motivation too it's like okay uh -huh. right this is what this is what, what is my life's about to be like you know what I'm yeah saying? and i was still doing teen summit on bet in dc where they used to film at that time 1997 mm. so i had my job and i was still teaching dance as well um uh, <laughs> you just a hustler my like uh, your whole life you no. just teaching school music you just like you all you, since a kid it's like you've always just kept at it you it's know. fun when you love something you have the passion to do mm. a lot of things for free for a long time because it brings you joy right. then it may lead to somewhere mm. if you can do something repeatedly over and over and over again and with no complaint <laughs> because you want to be there and it wakes you up in the morning and you have enthusiasm that's your direction mm. and it's not always easy of course but um I say follow that path because when you follow your joy, once again, that word magic, that's where the magic place is and it can be a career. The most wild thing that's not traditional can be your your niche. You You're a happy place. You gotta make me tear up right here. No, serious. No, I know, it's, seriously. It's not always yeah. traditional and it's not always safe. Um, but go with your gut. Everybody has that instinct. And of course, don't be afraid. There's fear attached to the unknown, mm. um, but the greater the risk, the greater the reward. Amen to that. <laughs> and you got to be willing to make mistakes and be embarrassed 
for a minute and live very simply, you know. To make it happen, you have to be humble to, to go after things that drive you. Um, and it may make no sense to people that say they love you. Right. Sometimes, I mean, like, let's go there. Sometimes that that'd be the toughest thing. Be the people they support you. you. Yes. Um, for many reasons. Um, because it is definitely a road that's less, less traveled, but also not guaranteed. And that can be scary. Now, Maya, earlier you talked about, you know, being in, in these green spaces and, you know, having to learn something new. What were some of your, like, your actual ego deaths, mm -hmm. you know, being in those green spaces and, you know, mm -hmm. those various positions? Well, ego is a good thing. It's not always negative or positive. Um, I think when it hinders you or is hurting someone else, including yourself, it, it can be a negative thing. But there is humility that's very important <laughs> to proceed in life and stay on path and treat others with respect, of course. But I think one of the humbling experiences, and maybe it was not an ego death, but it was the death of an old way for me and an old model and also old beliefs about myself and others that I would say maybe conditioned me and cultivated me to be a beast. Mm, so maybe that played a part in developing an ego that I needed mm. <laughs> in a positive manner and right. destroyed an old ego of relying or expecting or defining success in a non-healthy manner based on numbers right. or charts and not the human being. Mm. You know, so there are a lot of tears to this, but that experience was from, well, transitioning from the major label system and going independent. Hey, what made you do that? Not to cut you off. What mm -hmm. what led to you making that decision? Like, what made you say, you know what? I'm I'm going independent. I want to go this route. This makes more sense for me. Like, what was oh. that, that, that direction? Well, for me, it was a circumstance. It wasn't. Oh, I'm a control freak, and I want to record when I want to record. Right. It was none of that. Um, I had a fourth album that I was working on for about a year. Transition in the Universal Music Group system umbrella uh, from Interscope to Motown. A very legacy-based R&B label that really understood R&B. Right. And um, it's a historical label. So I was excited, executive produced this album called Liberation. Release date got changed a couple times and yay, accidentally released prematurely. Once it's released in the public online, it leaks everywhere, they shelf it. And so it's technically released. When an album is released into the universe, you're owed a back in advance because it's completed and it's distributed. That means a lawsuit. I'm like, I'm not trying to be in court for two years and spending money that, for what? For a back-end event. So I decided to go independent and use my time wisely and got to work. My brother built a studio, you know, two years prior in my basement because I love to create. And I think just like an athlete, artists need their playground to rehearse, to practice, free of charge, 24 hours, period. Um, and I got to work and I produced an album that I would release exclusively in Japan. But that was the whole thing that prompted my independent journey. At first it was devastating, but it turned around very quickly to be the greatest blessing because I'm an artist. I just, I don't want to wait for budgets to open so I can make music. No, we have to live like this. I, I live and breathe music. I live for this and um, no is not good enough for me. 
so I'm gonna find a way. Mm. And so I became the label, I became the financier, I became everything that I needed to be to do what I love to do. And you, you build your, you know, your boutique situation from the ground up. And if the door is not there, you create the door. Now I've always been humble, but I think um, a part of going inward for my spiritual journey and having this very introspective experience and figuring out who I am and what I'm really made of was when I went independent. Mm. And I've surprised myself. And I've been shown in the trenches what I'm made of. And I'm very proud of her because that is literally a space where you have to rely on your creator, yeah. establish and strengthen that relationship because you're not going to make it without that. And also silencing the noise of the world, of society, of what you thought you knew and learning and going back to ground zero. And that's that humility. Mm -hmm. You know, life will always humble, humble you. There's always something lurking around the corner that will humble you. Uh, it doesn't matter the industry, the profession, where you are in your financial status. That's life. But how are you going to deal with it? How are you going to cope? Is it going to be productive, destructive, what? So I have always found a way to be productive because it's easy to pick up that bottle. It's easy to go take a substance and escape and run from, you know, what you feel like you can't deal with. So sometimes work is escapism. You know, maybe I'm not always focusing on dealing with something, but at least it's productive. And there's learning in that. So I think a lot of things have humbled me. There's always death that you have to deal with, uh, whether friends, family, loved ones, the world. Yeah. Um, obviously everyone felt the pandemic and police brutality and all of the things that are happening in the world. And you have a different perspective on life and how you wanna live it and then also how you need to be treating people. It is a blink of an eye here. So. Um, several ego deaths and several checks of self um, in, in my life and in my career and, and the journey is beautiful because if it doesn't destroy you, it's only refining you and building you right. with strength and this unbreakable nature of resilience and from there, like the world is literally yours mm. and you're solid as a rock and nothing really can stop you but your own mind. That's powerful. Nah, man, that, that's, that's beautiful, Maya. And it makes me think about, you know, something like my coach used to say when I was playing football, you can't always control what happens to you, but you can control how you respond to it. And mm -hmm. like you said, we all go through those different moments mm -hmm. in life. Like you said, whether it's death in the family, whether it's loss of a job or just a, a big move that you made with your career that's scary and things didn't seem to work out initially, yeah. whatever it is. We all go through those moments where, yeah, your ego gets hit and, you know, your pride gets hit or whatever. Something gets hit and you have to make a decision like, okay, how am I going to react to it? Am I going to be continue to be productive, like you said, or am I going to complain and blame other people? <laughs> or am I going to look inside myself and figure out, okay, learn from this and how can I grow from this? And I think mm -hmm. that's beautiful. And that's, that's what you've seen to do throughout the last 25 plus years of your career. And it's sometimes messy. Sometimes mm. it's not perfect. Sometimes it's not on point, but I'm still pushing forward. And you're, you will be judged while you are pushing forward. And right. you're not here, but you might be here. Mm -hmm. It's okay. That's the process. You know, but the world tells you, you just need to be here. 
all the time. And if you're not, you ain't shit. <laughs> but no, um, we all have our phases and we all have our victories. We all have our obstacles and that's just the human experience. Yes, it is. And it's a beautiful experience. It is. Yeah. It is. I always say, you know, and I got this from one of my like OGs, man. He always said comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. And I think we live in a, in a world, especially today with social media, where you mentioned like the world makes it seem like everyone has to be here. You go on Instagram and you scroll and you see everybody, the Turks and Caicos and Jamaica and doing <laughs> all these trips and you over here trying to pay rent this month. You're like, dang, like, am I, what, what am I doing wrong? You know what I'm saying? And I, and I think, man, like it's something that you just, you can't compare yourself to anybody else, especially when it comes to social media, because they're going to gonna show you what they want, want what they want to show you. You know what I'm saying? So I just think, yeah, we live in a space now where you just got to really dig deep inside yourself, love yourself, um, and, and trust yourself and, and, and move that way and not let any outside noise or people, you know, kind of deter yeah. your route. You know know your triggers. Mm. Know why you're triggered. That's an insecurity and a void within you. Why are you triggered by somebody else's life? Mm. Because that's a lack for you. But how do you define success? How do you define beauty? Because if you're looking out there, and that's ever-changing, that's dangerous. You will always be depressed looking at social media, and sometimes that's not even real. Come on now. Shoot, AI. I'm like, what? Yeah, we ain't Is that a real person? Like, come on now. That ain't me. <laughs> that's AI. Right. <laughs> that's AI now, right? <laughs> oh, I'm like, yeah. look, yeah. so. Allen Iverson, what? Huh? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I, I ever know. Like, you know what? What is yeah. AI? So it's just a lot going on out there, outside. And, um, you know, I've done my share of healing retreats and, like, literally gotten down to the core of just who we are as people. And everybody's on their own journey, on, on their own timeline. We're not always supposed to be identical, look identical, experience identical. So embrace your journey, embrace your timeline, and it's not supposed to look the same. Mm. You are an individual, perfectly made, and and that's okay. Let's make that clear. It's okay. It to be is beautiful. Though. It's beautiful. It's more than okay. <laughs> you know, it's more. It's than an okay. asset to be different. Yes. Yes. That's your power. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Please tell me, because just sitting here with you, I, I know everything you do is detailed from just the your, your shows, your style, your dress, everything you do, you're a very detailed person, and everything mm -hmm. matters. How'd you come up with the name Planet Nine? Like, hmm. What's the creativity behind that? Because yeah, I, I got right. some ideas in my head, but I want to hear from you. Well, I mean, while I was creating all these independent projects, I knew that I would need an imprint. You know, okay. hey, what label are you signed to? Yeah. What do I want it to look like? What do I want it to mean? What's the significance of that? And so what I was feeling in that transition was, first of all, devastation. And in that devastation, I got to sit down for a minute for the first time in my career since I was a teenager. Right. Now I'm in my 20s. And I had this spiritual journey. I started studying outer space, and it took me away from Earth for a minute to gain perspective on that world down there that everybody's chaotic over. And <laughs> I mean, it, I literally transported myself to another realm in that time over and over and over again and did what I had to do to just build me up and get my mind right. And that's what I chose for those reasons because I was having these experiences where everything was okay. And I knew that I was here without ego, humbly, but also of significance because I exist, you know? 
regardless of being discarded in the trash, regardless of negligence, regardless of not belonging to a, a system or the pack or a clique anymore. You go create your own, build your own world. What does that look like? Well, it's far the hell away from earth, okay? Mm. And it's gonna work on its own time on its own rotation. Don't let anybody rush you because that's not what that planet does over there. Maybe Earth gets down like that, but we're not Man, on Earth no more. Right. Let's get far away from that. So I chose the, the same year, by the way, Pluto was deemed no longer a planet. So I was also deemed no longer an artist, supposedly, since I was not signed to a label, right? right, right so right. I just decided Planet Nine would be the best functionality to remove myself and to build my own world with my own rules and my own time so that I could exist in that safe space and create from there with freedom, mm. you know, in your own, in your own vibe. That's really it. <laughs> right, that's beautiful. That's really, you said you literally mm -hmm. left this, this realm. You literally yes. went to another. And I still do. Can we, can we break that down a little bit deeper? Like, cause I want to understand like, how can I, if I want to, I want to go to a spiritual journey. Like, if someone's listening to this and they want to be able to really get into that, that new realm and dive deeper like what's the process how do you get, how does one well, get there i don't have a specific practice of meditation mm -hmm. but i know that when you sit in silence that is meditation when you turn your phone off when you stop practicing escapism mm -hmm. with vices whether it's substance whether it's tuning into social media or television or things that are not <laughs> empowering you or adding to your life those are just distractions and escapism mm -hmm. to run from something that you're not ready to face so face it is what I had to do because to not face what my love is and run from that because I feel like, oh, it's over for me because they said so. Well, that's a death, a walking death. I don't want to be walking around here. Right. Life is supposed to be beautiful, but I would be a zombie if I weren't doing what I love to do. Mm. That's no way to live. So that spiritual journey is different for everybody. For me, it just happened because I was always fascinated with stars and astronomy. And I know nothing about astrology, but astronomy, I knew that man didn't make that. Man makes the rules down here that we hold ourselves hostage to mentally. Right. And sometimes that can destroy your mind. And a lot of that happens in this industry. Right. You understand? So that's God. However you define it, that is God, and I know that that's safe for me, and I've known it since I was a kid. And so I turned to that instead of this thing, or this style, or this fad, or this trend. And that's where I find my center again, my insignificance and my significance at the same time. So that's where I find it, and it may be different for everyone else or anyone else, and that's okay. Um, that's just the way I tend to do it. I go in nature, you know? Yeah because I'm reminded that that's not competing with that, that's not rushing its growth, it has its seasons. It has its seasons when it's dark in the ground, in the dirt, in the mud, in the trenches. Yeah. That's me, I'm the seed. Now put the water into it. Water yourself, love yourself, nurture yourself. Be silent, be dark for a minute, be in the darkness. And then you grow from there. A lot of people wanna just be seen. Yeah. <laughs> no, go, go, go down there. Face so, it. yeah, face that. And then, um, you know, that's where the magic happens. Once again, it's a part of the process. But if you're just trying to be out there in the rainy season, 
in the summer. Right, it might be a little tough. I mean, 24 7, 365. You will burn out. We got some flowers put on our patio, Maya, that have been in the sun too long. And we go out there, and me and the wife like, why they keep dying so crispy. quick? We, they, they can't be out there all day. We got to move it around. You got to try to be crispy. Grain. Come on, that's your preacher, right? That's your preacher. So, you know, it's just the process. All right, Maya, let's just get back to, you know, the music side here. Like I said before, you've been very active this year. Again, celebrating 25 years, you know, in the industry. Um, let's talk about some of your latest, you know, projects that you dropped, though. So, first of all, <laughs> back in June, you dropped the Heels dance video to your famous song, All About Me. And I'm not going to lie, listen. There's, a, there's two different forms of, of communication, right? Or various forms of communication. You got verbal, obviously, but in that video, there's a lot of nonverbal cues with, you, with the choreography and the dance moves. <laughs> I just remember passion and confidence. There's some sexiness into that. There's a lot of just, I'm, I feel like you're talking to us through your dance moves. Talk, talk us through like just the creation of that video and the <laughs> choreography process. Well, the 25th anniversary of the debut album yeah. single, All About Me, was creeping up on me and I was in Australia and New Zealand touring at mm. the top of January at the time. I'm like, oh, next month is my 25th anniversary. Wow. And I have nothing going on. So let me create something. Mm. When do I reach LA? Who can I reach out to? So I reached out to a couple of people. They submitted choreography, but I ended up going back to my earlier career. I'm like, Brian Friedman mm. is a beast. So I hit him up. I said, Hey, I'm connecting from Australia to New, uh, to LA. Yeah. I'm connecting from Australia to LA. <laughs> Are you going to be in town? Do you still live there? What's up? We connected. We rehearsed for two days at his house, and we ended up fil filming. Hold on, you did that in two days? I learned the choreography in two days at his house studio. You different, right? Then I <laughs> rehearsed on my own a little bit. Yeah. You know, to polish up and everything, and, and we shot it. And uh, it was done on February 12th. We edited it on the 13th, mm -hmm. and I wanted to put it out on the 14th, the official anniversary, what? but I forgot. It's a part of my old catalog, and you have to go through, you know, specific look. types of parameters, logistics, processes to get it cleared. Mm -hmm. So I had to wait. <laughs> <laughs> and it finally came out in June. You have to get the songwriters and the producers signatures all down it linked myself and UMG back together and they decided oh it is the 25th anniversary let's put out a deluxe mm. but that's um, that was just the first idea that came to mind a lot of influencers and choreographers or dancers were doing stuff online to that song anyways for two years and I'm like well why not have the originator the creator the the actual you know what I mean yeah but not just that <laughs> I perform it still to this day, but it's the beefed up, very mature, entertainer version mm. with the live band on right. it as well. So I included those elements from the live performance and offered it on a deluxe as well. Okay. So people have that arrangement. And it just represents the more grown and sexy version of the woman Maya, because the last time I shot that video, I was like 17. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> a lot has changed, aesthetically. Even everything has gotten better on the performance aspect. So I wanted to show also, I'm you know, proud to say it, I'm in my 40s now. 
Come on that doesn't now. mean that you lose anything. That means that you're seasoned. You ain't lost nothing. You know what I'm saying? You ain't lost none. And <laughs> I wanted to represent for my ladies out there that feel like age is a bad thing. No, things get better with time, and I wanted to showcase that. So mm. I was proud of myself. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you said. Cause look, I'm 29 right now. I'm about to be 30 in a couple months. You know, 30. Every uh -huh. time you get to that next decade, you, you feel a little. You start thinking about life. You start, you know, looking back at your last decade. What you like, what you did, like what's something that you did wrong or whatever. And you know, going to your thirties, you get a little nervous. But now that I'm hearing what you're saying, mm. you say you get better in time. Yes. So I ain't re I ain't reached my prime yet. I, no, 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 no. <laughs> the forties is it. I'm telling you, it's so lit. There's something special about getting whatever they call older. I just call it levels. Mm -hmm. It's it's a new level. I'm at level forty something right now, <laughs> <laughs> and it's getting better. Things Damn. are getting better. They don't decline. Mm. I gotta ask you, like, what's the key to longevity hmm. in this business, right? Like, what's the key to just being able to be 40, 40 some years old and still doing it at a very high level, even a higher level, I could argue? Love what you do. I think love can take you so many different places and lengths. Hmm. Talking about time, yeah. <laughs> it's an illusion, but the longer that you can do something for free because you absolutely love it, you wake up and there's a passion there. It can keep you going and you treat it like a marathon not mm. a sprint yes. uh, that's what it becomes for you because it's just running through your veins um, I said that earlier to follow that because that's longevity if you want it now not everyone wants that and that's right. okay but um, I find that the more you love something the longer you can do it I love that mm -hmm. I love that and uh, going back to now so you dropped your Hills video in June but then <laughs> August 18th dropped a new hit single, new visuals. Can you please just explain uh, just this new project? Um, oh. It's fire, <laughs> I wanna hear more about it. <laughs> well, in 2019, I recorded a song called Wine, and um, it was inspired by all the tropical vibes that I was experiencing with my vegan retreats and these challenges that I would conduct on <laughs> Instagram and manifestation. You know, I love the Caribbean and tropical equatorial environments. So I just said, let's make some music that's going to take me to those places. And then the pandemic happened. <laughs> Didn't go nowhere. <laughs> and then I just said, look, I'm ready to be outside, but not just outside. Let's go. Let's go to where that joy is, that nature is, that good fruit fresh off the tree that you could pick, um, that electrical alkaline vibe. And it was Jamaica, so I asked Bounty in the DMs. I was like, hey, I got this song. Can I send it to you? Let me know if you want to bless it. If you love it, like it, let me know. And he said, yeah, it's fire. So he got on it. And I said, let's shoot the video. Mm. I shot the video in 2019, solo version. And I went back down to Jamaica in 2021. Um, and there was still a curfew out there because of the pandemic <laughs> yeah, still going yeah. on. You had to be inside by eight o'clock and we got it done. And um, yeah, it's just a good vibe and he's a legend. I had lots of fun. And um, it's like one of those places that I can always call home. I love that. And right now, all the chaos going on in the yeah. world, we need some good vibes and just good energy, mm -hmm. good music. So make sure if y'all ain't checked it out yet, y'all <laughs> go check out the visuals, the song, yeah. the whole nine. And it's yeah. a song that I was specific on. I wanted to create something that men and women could dance to again, mm. together. Well, I you know, I'm a married man, so I mm -hmm. appreciate that. Me and the wife, gonna, wife, you in the back, we're going to be dancing to this, you know, yeah. uh, very soon, mm -hmm. maybe tonight. Uh, <laughs> transition in here, uh, so away from music. I feel like we know Maya as the artist, right? We, we right. know who you are. If you stopped right now, you're already legendary <laughs> Hall of Fame. 
But I want to know who Maya is outside of music. Like, what does Maya like to do for fun when you're not grinding oh, yeah. and working? Like, what, what's Maya <laughs> up to? Talk to me. Oh, I'm a wild child. I love <laughs> jumping out of airplanes. I love adventure. I mean, anything goes with me. I'll parasail. I'll, I've done um, you hang jump, gliding. You jump out of airplanes? Yeah, skydiving. You skydiving, Maya? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It's an adrenaline rush. I've gotten behind F1 race car. Okay, I like that. I, like I that. love adventure. I love new experiences, adrenaline rushes. I'm an extremist too. So it's extreme peace and then it's extreme Whatever everything. direction we're going to go, we're going to be extreme with it. Uh, yeah, okay. adventure. So, um, you know, I've never been to a hockey game before. That's one of, you know, the things on my bucket list is wild. I love rowdy. I love boxing. Um, I love animals, though. That's the Zen part of me. We have fun together. I have three uh, pets, actually four, three dogs and one cat. Mm. Love kids, you know, nieces and nephews, godchildren. I don't have any of my own in human form. But mm. I love sports. I love just action, nice. you know? Yeah. And I, recently, the metaverse. Uh, <laughs> I have an Oculus, so I created two worlds with Horizon Worlds, uh, Rockstar, he's a black developer uh, in the metaverse, and I have two different worlds. One is like the 25th anniversary world. I've gotten to chat with people, you know, in the virtual reality space, and also offer some Zen vibes in the Planet Nine world, which is everything we just talked about, you know, with affirmations and right. all that stuff. So that's interesting too. I'm getting into that side of things. Mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, it, you sound like a person who, like, you're almost open to trying just about anything at least one time. An explorer. Yeah. Explorer. I, w I would call myself an explorer. You know, I, I do love to try new things and love to learn new things, mm. you know, to see, shoot, what I resonate with, what resonates with me, and um, if it can become something, yeah. I guess you don't know until you try it. Yeah. Um, I know another one of your passions, um, and we talked about this a little bit off, offline, is mm -hmm. you're vegan. Clean mm -hmm. eater, you, you promote that, you know, uh, mm -hmm. for sure. Like, what led you to, to that journey? Because if I'm not mistaken, you, wasn't, you, you weren't always vegan your whole life, right? It's no. something you started. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> not I was not raised vegan. Yes, I'm yes. actually still the only vegan in my family. Mm. But, um... What inspired that? Yeah, what led, what led you down that path? What made you say, you know what, I want to... That's interesting. So, <laughs> uh, in my independent journey, mm. I started creating these discipline challenges and stripping something away from myself so that I could get accustomed to it. Mm. And knowing that I could bounce back from taking something away. But every time I took something away, I gained something. And I said, all right, what is it next year? What is it this time? What is it this month? And so I just conditioned myself by doing that. So one year it was, oh, let's get rid of fish or seafood. Then, oh, let's be vegetarian. Let's see how long this can last. And right. it became a lifestyle naturally because I learned a lot because I had to research what that was, what foods had what in it, and then it eventually led to veganism. Mm. Yeah. I mm -hmm. love that. Now, one thing you can learn about me, Maya, I love food. I'm a foodie. Mm -hmm. So I got to ask you this. Like, when you're going out to eat with, with the homegirls, with your friends, mm -hmm. I'm assuming, like you said, your whole circle is probably not vegan. <laughs> is it ever tough for you? Like, you see your homegirl over there eating, you know, some mango habanero wings and a mm -hmm. burger. Now, you ever had flashbacks? Or are you at a point now where you're no. like, you know what? I'm just good. So when you get educated and aware of the atrocities of oh. <laughs> animal agriculture and the process of how, quote, unquote, food is made, um, 
you're forever changed. Mm. So it doesn't affect me as far as cravings. I only crave sauces that are made from plants anyways and make everything taste good. So it's all about the texture. It's all about the mastery of flavor to make sure I like what I'm eating. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if it's not good, I'm not going to touch it. But when you go down the rabbit hole and get informed and educated about what veganism is or plant-based foods and why and know your why, you just never go back. Um, but um, I wasn't raised that way. Yeah. And so some of my friends have actually transitioned and some of their parents have during my, yeah. my um, challenges. And I'm constantly being asked lots of questions <laughs> <laughs> and I'm willing to share. Yeah. Yes, it's a beautiful situation and I can't wait to drop something special in that world for everyone. Mm, mm -hmm. Hint, hint. Okay. Nope. <laughs> nope. No. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No, I love it. So, uh, one more, you know, kind of area before we go, go to our last segment. Uh -huh. uh, another area that you, again, you do a lot. And another area that you've dominated as well is being an actress. And one of your mm. latest films, in my opinion, I've seen, no. seen a lot of films. I, I thought you've done, you done well. <laughs> one of the latest projects you've been in was the latest House Party. Uh, which, I, if you guys haven't seen it yet, I thought you did a good job of that, you know, making it <laughs> tied to today's era. And what was funny was, like, one of the main, you know, uh, I guess, characters in that movie had a lifetime crush on Maya. Had a poster on his wall all the way until, you know, he's an adult. Uh, got a chance <laughs> to meet you, obviously, at the party. And, he, you know, he, you kind of showed him some love. So what's funny <laughs> about that movie scene is that it's kind of based off real life. A lot of people, Maya, especially growing up, I know, had posters of Maya on the wall. They were, they did. I'm keeping it real. This is the wow. porch. We gotta keep it real. Okay. I gotta <laughs> ask you this. What's been your craziest or funniest fan experience where like maybe a guy just like lost their mind from meeting you for the first time or, or I'm assuming it gotta be a moment, Maya. Somebody met you, you know, doing your, whether before a show or, or what have you. And it's like <laughs> lost their mind. It's like, oh my God. My I mean, at the Pride Festivals, it's always like, hey, girl, hey, my God, hey, sis, hey. Right, 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 right. I mean, I haven't had any, like, insanity. No, no. <laughs> well, I have, but that's, like, confidential oh, information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's legal. But that's as far as, like, losing their minds, it would be, like, the Pride Festivals. I mean, you know when Prince and Mike, when they used to perform, people used to pass out. People used to literally I mean, faint. There, there have been those moments, but that's been for my LGBTQIA crowd. Got you, got you. <laughs> the drama. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't think they really fainted, but. <sighs> <laughs> they made it seem like they so, fainted. So, yeah. you know, I love, I love my fans. And um, no, I haven't had anything um, insane as far as what I think you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're on the same We're on the same page, we're on the same She made that face like, oh no, what you talking about? Uh, no, nah, I love it, man. So we like to end our shows with a little bit of fun, fun <laughs> game. So I got a few quiz or quick hitters. Like I bring the paper out, bring the notes out. He's just some quick hitters. Don't get nervous, it ain't nothing. It ain't nothing like that. So we got just a few fun games that we like to play. The first is gonna be a symbol, this or that. Mm He's -hmm. gonna list two options. You pick which one you would prefer, and move on to the next one, real simple. Okay. All right? So again, I told you I'm a foodie, so okay. we gotta start with some food on the first one. Guacamole mm -hmm. or buffalo cauliflower? Which one Which one mm. you picking? Because the cauliflower be hitting. I be hitting, I be eating this spot called sage out here. I be tearing up some buffalo cauliflower. I gotta pick just one. You gotta pick one, yeah. I'm gonna go with the guacamole. Mm. Get some plants and chips. Sometimes the texture for the cauliflower is just not right. It's too watery. I'm okay. like, why am I so hydrated right now? 
<laughs> if I wanted some wine, I would have I would have poured that. Exactly. I would have poured that glass. I love it. I love it. Okay. Uh LA or New York? We in LA right now, so I had to ask you. As far as what goes? Lifestyle. Hmm. I mean lifestyle, yeah. LA. Okay. Mm -hmm. Career wise, but New York, I feel like it was some more New York. Wine. New York. Got you. Mm -hmm. Got you. Pace. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. This is gonna be the hardest one right here. It's all about me. Or my love was like, whoa. It's all about mm. me. It's all about me. You answered that way too quick, Maya. <laughs> my love was like, whoa, come on now. It, that was hard, but <laughs> I didn't feel the same about that one when I heard the record. It's really? all about me, I did. Mm -hmm. mm, okay, okay. And it's the first, you know. It has a special place and in my like, heart. And like the first one, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like the first one, mm -hmm. yes, yes. Okay, last, this is our last <laughs> game here, and we're going to end with this. So it's called Remember This Verse. Okay. So I played this with Lil Wayne couple years ago, clip went viral, it was fun, so play the same, same thing with you. So I have three of your songs. Okay. I cho I've chosen three random verses from those songs. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read them without mm -hmm. trying to sing them, just read them naturally. Okay. And I want to see if you can remember <laughs> which song this verse came from. All right. Now I'm going to give you a hint because obviously you've got, you got so many songs, it's going to be hard to think about everything. So two of these songs are from your debut album. Okay. That will, that will be a hint. Um, I'm, I'm, that's all I'm gonna give you. I don't wanna give you too much. So I'm gonna try to read it normal. <laughs> and we're gonna see. So Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> one more hint, matter of fact. One of these verses I'll say, one of these lines. This is twenty-five years ago. One oh. of these lines is not from you, but it is on your song. That's my other hint. Say that again. So one of these lines that I'm about to read, it's on your song, okay. but maybe a featured artist might have said said this thing. Gotcha. All right, so all right. Let me lock in. Yo Ma. I know you got a man and all, but uh. Moving on. <laughs> too easy. That was too easy. Okay, too easy. okay. I'm gonna make it a little harder That's for a you then. Single. Okay. You said 25 Air years video. ago. Okay, okay. Let's see this one then. I see this one here. When will you come through? Cause I'll be waiting up right here. Mm -hmm. My love is like. Whoa. Can you bring some Belvedere My so we can pop the? My love is like whoa. That's a Dang, single. Maya. Deep album because I can perform that song. You got some song. good memory oh, though. Time. I mean, I performed that song last night. But I'm still saying we saying I'm just right. I'm just reading the line. I ain't even give you no, the, the the dance to it or nothing. Okay. Okay. All let right. me see. Let me see. Let me try to bring one more. This one might be a little. Let me see. It might be a little. I'm trying to see if I can give you one a little harder. Okay. Okay. Are you gonna get it up? Get it up. Up jumps my butt, nigga. What, nigga? What? I don't know what? what that one is. You gotta give me a dance for that one. Look at your eyes. Looking at my thighs. Out. Now swing my body mm. right to left, left to right. You know this shit is tight. You gotta give me an example. I can't remember. I need a dance step. You need a dance step to that one. Yeah. You want me to get up and dance right now? To that? I'm trying to like remember. Are you gonna <laughs> get it up? Get it up. Up jumps my butt, nigga. What, nigga? What? I'm looking at your eyes, looking at my thighs. I just, I can't recall. That's a long time ago. It is a long time mm -hmm. ago. You want me to tell you? She over here laughing. She know what She's it is. She's trying to give me the cues. She know what it is. Song, and I already know what it is. I'm just trying to get you to dance. <laughs> <laughs> trying, what song is it, Maya? What it's song is it? It's me. all about me. Come on now, legendary song. You killed the game, man. See, when I did it with Wayne, he was over there struggling. He was over there really fighting through it. You made it easy. He writes so many songs, though, in yeah. like one night. Yeah. That's different. Work ethic is crazy. So. These are all singles. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> but nah, that was, that's impressive. Ma, I was going to tell you, man, this has been an honor 
having you here on the porch podcast learning more about you Aww. been a long time fan even more of a fan now and just looking forward to seeing what more you create moving forward um take this time real quick to end the show to highlight whatever you want to highlight any you know tell people where they can find you online on social media this is your moment to just highlight you all right hey what's up y'all it's your girl maya <laughs> Thank you for joining us on The Porch. And, um, you know, if you want to find me, I'm on social media at MayaPlanet9. My website is MayaMaya.com. And my merch store is Amazon.com forward slash MayaMaya. New single out, YMV Drink Bouncy Killer. Right now, go check it out. Love and happy 25th. Happy 25th, y'all, man. Y'all know what to do. Subscribe, hit that like button, leave a positive review, and always remember this. The best you is the best you. And we out. Peace. Started on the porch. That was where it all began. Had to put in work. Every day we got it in. We chased all our dreams, and now they can't believe it. We make it. Presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.